morning at 10.30 a.m. and then Sunday evening at 6 p.m. You do not want to miss these services with Perry Stone here at the Harvest Worship Center, 21-25 Jeb Stewart Highway in Stewart, Virginia. So come on out and be a part of these powerful services. Passed away yesterday. And so let's pray the Lord just comfort her. And also Becky Moran is here tonight. Her father passed away. And so let's remember that family as well. And Peggy Vessel's mother passed away. So uh, three real close together. So let's remember them and uh, pray for God's comfort and God's peace. And safety travels for Peggy as she's traveling the highway that God would just keep her safe uh, in his hand as they're traveling. Pray for the nation of Israel, everything that's happening uh, and going on there. I mean, it's it's escalating, but, you know, I believe that God's got something planned. So let's believe the Lord for his peace and also pray over our nation tonight. So let's invite his presence right now and just ask him to do that. Father, you know every heart, you know every need tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, Father, we ask, God in heaven, that you <coughs> will move across this nation. We need revival, Father. And I pray that you pour out your spirit. I pray, God, Lord, that, uh, that you would just give an awakening in people's hearts in this land. Lord, we pray tonight for the nation of Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem. Father God in heaven, that you would just send your angelic host, God, to fight and stand. Father God, for Israel, Lord. Lord, as we lift people up before you tonight, we pray, Father God, for, for Becky Moran's family. We pray for, uh, Father God, Bill and Vicky's family, Father, tonight, and Peggy Vessel's family. Lord God, that you'll give comfort and strength to them, Lord. Lord, in this time of need in their lives. And we ask, oh God, that you just embrace them. Father, we pray tonight, have your way in this house. Have your way, Lord, in this place tonight. We give you praise and glory for all you do for us and give you thanks for it. And everybody said amen. Give him a praise offering tonight. There's a longing in my heart to see your glory. There's a yearning in my soul To stand in the holy place And there's a growing need in me To ascend the hill most holy A burning fire within To see your holy face So cleanse my lifted hands So cleanse my lifted hands And purify my broken heart So cleanse my lifted hands And purify my broken heart Keep my soul from vanity Don't let me speak deceitfully That the King of glory may enter There's a longing in my heart. There's a longing in my heart to see your glory. A yearning in my soul to stand in the holy place. There's a growing need in me to stand in the most holy. A burning fire with. 
anything to see your holy things. So cleanse, Lord. So There's a vision in our spirits to walk in full anointing to know your blessing, Lord, your righteousness within. There's a call upon our Oh, that would seek your face, Lord, and turn from flesh and sin. So cleanse, come on. So cleanse my lifted hands and purify.
Some praise tonight. 
Amen. You may be seated if the ushers will come. Amen. Amen. Father, as we receive this offering tonight, we just give you glory and honor. Father, you're Lord of this universe. You're Lord over this earth. You're aware of everything that is happening. Even as we speak, even as war is going on in various places across this world, God, you're so aware. It's not moving you, Father. You hold this earth in your hands. And I, God, I pray that a harvest of souls will come forth. Father, from all the bad, may good arise. May light verse darkness, and we know light always wins. In the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we sow now seed into good ground. Getting your gospel across this earth in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Proverbs chapter number four tonight, and uh, we're going to read verses 20 through 27 and go back into talking about the building blocks. Everybody say building blocks, building blocks. Of life, and I think this is the, what the third time we've in our series here. <clears throat> and let's stand together for the reading of the word again tonight. Proverbs chapter number four. My son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. Remember, we talked about how important it is to attend to his words. Attend to his words. Somebody say, I got a, a Bible full of it right here. This is his word right here. Attend to my words. Listen to what he says. Incline, incline thine ear to my sayings. I may know the sayings of God are better than Confucius. You might get a confused if you listen to Confucius. <laughs> Amen. You may be. And so don't go get your fortune cookie to try to find out your future. Amen. Amen. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyelids. He's telling you, keep your nose stuck in the book. Amen. Why? Why does he say that? Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life. This is why. They are life unto those that find them, life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. And that's important that you understand that it's not just for you, it's for your children, for your children's children, them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call when he talks about the flesh. God talks about flesh. He means everybody. But he's talking to us. He's talking about our families. It's not just us, but our spouse, our children. Amen. Remember he said, train up a child in the way that it should go. When it's old, it shall not depart from it. And there's something about that word that gets down in your spirit. We talked about Jeremiah last week. I mean, maybe Sunday morning. I can't remember now. But remember he said, uh, things got so hard and they were persecuting him and cast him down into a cistern and he was down in the mud and he'd had his letters ripped up and the king wouldn't listen to him and the people were rebellious and he said, 
because of everything he was going through, he said, I am not going to even mention God anymore. That's pretty tough persecution. I ref- I'm just going to give up. I quit. How many of you have felt like that? I just quit. I'm never speaking to them again. They're hard-headed. Amen? <laughs> he says it's health and healing to all your flesh. So, Father, we thank you tonight for your word, and we ask you in the name of Jesus to come and quicken us and help us, Lord God. And Father, help us to, uh, to know the building blocks of life, how we can build our faith, how we can be strong, Lord, in you. And Father, uh, avoid a lot of things that the enemy would bring our way. We give you thanks and praise for the anointing of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You may be seated tonight. I just felt that unction about this health and healing to all your flesh health and healing to all your flesh. You know, the Bible says that we're sanctified by the washing of the water of the Word. The washing of the water of the Word. And so when you read this Bible, see, this is what's important about when he says, attend to my Word, incline thine ears to my sayings. Let it not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It's because like David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, when evil is present, and it's, it's present in this world, but when the enemy comes to tempt you, and when he comes to try to throw you off course or get you to say something, uh, you know, or agree with him in something, it's important that we have this word hid away in our heart and that we don't agree with the enemy in what he says for us but that we agree with what God says. When I have the word hid in my heart, it makes all the difference in the world. It'll keep me out of trouble. Somebody say, it'll keep you out of trouble. It'll keep you out of trouble. Not only that, but, you know, when you keep this word in your heart, it ministers to your family, people around you, people that you work with every single day. Somebody say amen. Every single day. You think about what uh, John said about Jesus in John chapter number 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And that word, that word is logos. Logos. And so I have to have that logos in my life. Jesus, the Word in my heart, so that I can build my life on that. I love that little song that we sing by Cody Carnes. Uh, you know, that uh, Christ is my firm foundation. When my life is built on Christ, the firm foundation, I'm not moved by the things that I see happening in the world. I don't have to fear because the Lord is with me. Amen? And I want to be a person that's so full of the Word that I have an answer to give people right now because there's lots of people that want answers. There's a lot of things being said, but there's very few answers out there. Amen? Amen. So he says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from you the froward mouth and perverse lips put far from you. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. He's telling us that we don't want to be looking to the right or to the left, but to look straight toward God. Amen. There's a lot of things that call call us to veer off our path. I said there's a lot of things that call to us to be, cause us to veer off path. Hey, come over here. The enemy says, look at this. Listen to that. Look at what's going on in Israel. Look at what's happening in, in, in Tehran. Look at what's happening, you know, in America. Look at what's happening. If I look at those things, you know what I'm going to have? I'm going to have faith to believe that that stuff is happening and it cannot change. But when I look in the Bible and find God's mercy, even though his people had sinned, I can find some things out about God that when they cried out to God, he raised up a deliverer and sent it to them. Amen. That happened time and time again. I have to believe that even right now in the trouble that America's in and what's going on in Israel, that God in heaven is not unaware of what's happening. He's very aware of what's going on. He's very aware of it. Anytime he calls you the apple of his eye, that means that he's, you're very much in his attention and he's listening to you. And so it's important for me to understand that the Scripture tells me that when people sin, they drift away from God. 
When you drift away from God, you get to that place where you just really don't think about God. You just live life and, and que sera, sera, and it just comes and goes and hardships and trials. And we never call on his name. I say, God, I need you. God, I need your strength. God, I need your help. God, I need your touch. And see, this is what this Bible's talking about, especially with in America right now. I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, Endeavor and I talk about this, but isn't it amazing that how in our leadership in America with our Congress and our Senate and even in the school system and, and with all the different systems that are out there is that they never take the time to say, hey, you know what I think we need to do? We need to stop, pause, and call on God. Go back to the foundational stone. Build from the foundational stone. Because America has built on lots of different junk over the years. And our nation is adrift. And we talk about having the leadership that we have. We talk about having the problems that we have. And it's largely because of our sin against God. We've ignored him. We put him over here. We said we can do this thing. We can build and, and we can have technology and, and we're smart and we're educated. And isn't it amazing you just found out recently how dumb people really are? Why would anybody live in a nation they hate? I'm like, move. Bye-bye. Get out of here. I'll buy your ticket. Pay for it myself. Amen. One way. One way. Somebody say one way. One way. And see, our problems could be taken care of overnight because what has happened is that the foundations are rotten that people have built on. They're built on sand. Remember Jesus talked about that? He said a wise man digs down, gets on solid ground, builds on a firm foundation. He said, but the foolish person, they go out here and they just build on the sand. They think that that's going to be okay. The first storm that comes along, it starts eroding it. Amen. So what happens to people? Well, we'll throw a few blocks up under that and we'll shore it up and, and it'll be all right until the next storm comes. Say, man, it just washed away the blocks I had under there. So we, they keep putting stuff back and trying to shore that up. That is not going to last. We do the same thing in life. And that's why Jesus tells us, he said, make sure that your, that your building blocks are on a firm foundation. He's the chief cornerstone. We're living stones building up a spiritual house unto the Lord. And so in the world in which we live, with everything being shaken, the church should be the most solid thing that's in this earth right now. The world should be looking to the church for direction. Well, what's happened to the church is the same thing that's happened in the world, and we have gone our own way, established our own righteousness, gotten away from the way God said to do it. Come on. And we have a form of godliness, but no power. And so we want to get on the firm foundation. We want to get connected back to Jesus, and we want to walk in that power. And this is by and large what he's talking about in Proverbs chapter number 4. In verse number 26, he says, Ponder the path of your feet. Ponder the path of your feet. I mean, what was it? Who was that? Budweiser found that out? <laughs> Target found it out? Huh? Harvard University just found it out? Because you can't leave him out. You can only go so far without him. Amen. The end won't be good for, for, for people that choose the foolish pathway and follow their own, own desires or dreams or, you know, what they, the lies of the enemy, the delusion, the deception of the enemy. Ponder ponder the path of your foot all you got to do man is like that man if this is not working then i need to make an adjustment here what does repentance mean turn around go in a different direction here repent repent and so hey you know man i'm in the middle of a mess here and i need to make some adjustments i need to i i i need to i need to make some decisions that would be awesome i, I just want to connect this you know by and large to our nation because our, our nation needs to understand, especially with our leaders. You never know who listens. 
you know, that our leaders in right now, it's like with our Congress, they can't even get their act together. They're still voting. Still voting. And you have other nations that are looking on, and we're just a joke. We're, they're laughed at. I mean, we're scorned because of leadership. But why do we have leadership? Because it got voted in. Somebody said it was a stolen election. You see, I believe that, <clears throat> that, uh, uh, that what happens is when we drift away from God and we get under divine discipline, you call it discipline, divine judgment, or whatever, when you get under that, God has made it that way. How many grew up in a house where you, your father had rules? <laughs> he said you can go so far, but when you cross that line, Dr. Dogwood's going to get you. And somebody said, who's Dr. Dogwood? He's the switch broken, off, broken from a dogwood tree. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I knew that when my dad said certain things, he said, you know, he called me Davy, you know, and he said, boy. When he said boy, that was different. He wasn't talking about Tarzan and Jane either. Come on, he was talking about you, you're in trouble now. When, you, when he said, boy, you knew that was it. Go get the switch, bring it to the house, get yourself ready. Man, I can remember my daddy. He knew how to make you dance. He'd hold you up by one hand and frail you with the other. And you just cry for mercy. And when my mother, the Holy Ghost, showed up, <laughs> that's who my mama was, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> she was the comforter. That's enough. <laughs> but see, you pondered the path of your feet is what I'm getting at. It's because you remembered you got disciplined over that. Amen. That's what that thing's all about when you read the book of Judges and when you go through Scripture and then you look at all those kings that they had, the dynasties, and you look at all the kings and you look at Israel failing time and time and time and time again. And there were some people that, that did good, very few, but, you know, by and large, the kingdom would go after, you know, after sin, after the things of the flesh. And when that happened, judgment came. They got turned over to their enemies. Amen? I don't want to get turned over to my enemy. I don't want America to get turned over to an enemy. Amen? Amen. And so I want, I want my nation to draw close to God. I want us to get back to God, to get back to God. So look what it says in verse 27. Turn not to the right nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Wow. Remove thy foot from evil. And so right now, one of the things that we've been talking about is like the, our words, confession of our mouth. Okay? Words. Jesus is the word. Oh, my God, this is good. Jesus is the word. How do wars get started? Words. See, when I was growing up, our tribe all lived together. Trouble started when one of the tribal cousins wanted to cross the line. And then the words would just go to so far and then the next thing you know, you are fighting, fist fighting, rolling, in the, rolling on the ground, black eyes, bite marks. I mean the whole nine yards. And so that's the way it is with nations, and that's the way it is with people. That's the way it is with friends. That's the way it is with families. And so this is why he's telling us, he said, ponder your path. He said, when you, when you are speaking things that God says, you are building your life and you are building your family, you're building relationships because trouble comes when somebody says something we don't agree with. Cancel culture. Hello, somebody. Now think, think. Jesus said these words, and we use the scripture a lot out of Mark chapter number 11, but he says, whosoever shall say to this mountain. Now, if you're going to say something to a mountain, you're going to have to choose words. Whosoever shall speak to this mountain. Now, that word that he uses there in the Greek when you speak to the mountain is that you're thinking and you're choosing what you're getting ready to say to it. I'm pondering my path. I'm not going to just say something to the mountain. What do I want the mountain to do? 
And he's talking about anything in general that is so big that you think it can't be changed. He said, but your first step has to start with God. Because with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So I'm going to think to my, I'm going to begin to think and I'm going to say, if I'm going to speak to this problem, my circumstance, if I'm going to speak to my, uh, to the sickness, if I'm going to speak to the disease, if I'm going to speak, you know, to fear, if I'm going to speak, you know, to, to my loved one or anything else in life, I'm going to choose very carefully what I say. And so what I want to do is I want to say what I think God would say. Amen. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever things that he saith. That word saith, we've told this before, I think maybe a year or two ago now, the word is Lego. What do you do with Legos? You build things. And so this is what he's saying. Everything around you is a result of what you said. Amen. And the things around you that were brought there that are out of joint with God and are not what God wants, but they came into your life or they've come against you, God says you have the ability with your words to reframe it, to change it. He said, but you can't doubt in your heart, he said, because when you begin to speak into the void darkness and when you begin to speak into the trouble, not necessarily is it going to change instantly. Because it's, 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 uh, it's like a, it's a present imperative thing. You're going to have to keep on talking to the mountain. And you're going to have to believe with everything within you and not doubt in your heart that it is going to come to pass. You cannot go back and change your mind because the enemy raises up in three days and, and tries to tell you it's never going to happen. You're wasting your time. Well, you haven't got started yet. You've just been on the journey three days. Amen. I mean, speak to the mountain, speak to the mountain, speak to the mountain, speak to your problems, speak to these situations is what he's saying. Then he says, and doubt not in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say, say, shall come to pass. You'll have whatever that you say. Lego. Because I'm building something. I can tear something down with my words. I can build something with my words. The same result, Lego. Whatever that I say, whatever I say, because the Scripture says, everybody say, the Scripture says, God said, God said, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, whatsoever things, didn't say that I desire, whatsoever things you desire, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Amen. Amen. So I begin to look at the mountain and I, and I get me a pathway and I get in this word and I get God's word over my situation, my circumstances, and I find out what my redemptive rights are. I found out what my covenant rights are and I approach that mountain and I say, in the name of the Lord my God. This is what God says. And I say, thus saith the Lord. Amen. And you begin to say it. You get God's word in your mouth. I said you get God's word in your mouth. Before, but before it ever begins, it makes that connection with your heart, you're going to face confusion in your head. Come on. And you're going to have some things come out of your mouth that are contrary to what you wanted to believe God for to begin with because that's natural. You're dealing with your flesh, but you're, trying to, you're, you're wanting to get to the place where it's coming out of your spirit, man. Amen. And so I want to get that word of God in my mouth. Remember that Jesus went and, and when he saw the fig tree putting forth leaves, he walked up to it because that tree, listen, that tree was talking to him. I'm a fig tree. I've got figs. I've got leaves. Come and look, see. He went and had no fruit. And he cursed it from the roots. He said, let there be no fruit ever to come forth from you again. Went on his way, took those disciples of his, went into the town, and when he came back, the disciples marveled. Peter marveled. They marveled. They said, Master, look. He said, the fig tree that you cursed is withered from the roots. And Jesus said, hey, this is what I'm telling you right here. If you say to the mountain, 
If you speak into your situation, come on. If you speak to your body, if you speak to your finances, if you speak to your children, if you speak to yourself, if you speak to your surroundings, if you speak to your spouse, if you speak to your friends, if you speak to things, if you speak to the atmosphere, if you speak to nations, if you speak to Israel, if you speak to the war, if you speak to principalities and powers. See, Jesus, he did not restrict you from talking to anything. Cast your net on the right side of the boat. Huh? Lazarus, come out of that grave. Four days. Come on. Widow of Nain on the way to the cemetery. He reached out, stopped the pallbearers, and raised that young man from the dead. Come on. Peter. Go down to the river. Listen to this. Go down to the river. The first fish that you pull out of it, look in its mouth. There's going to be money for your taxes and mine. He spoke to devils, and they obeyed him. See, this is Jesus 101 right here. He said, you have got to realize that I made you in the God class and respect that there's, you know, I don't think that I've ever rode down the road. I was sitting there, I go, you know, I try to talk to the birds. You know, do all that stuff, you know. Because I, I like to whistle like they, try to whistle like they do and then they'll all get to talking. I'm sitting there thinking, what are they saying? I would flip out if one came in and said, hey man, what's going on? I'd probably say, say that again. <laughs> I say, Deborah, come here, son, come here. Or Artie, my cat, came out, and he said, hey, can you let me out this morning? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Or your dog talked to you. Amen. I know sometimes, you know, you can look at them and pretty much tell what they're saying. It's usually feed me. <laughs> right? Amen. But see, God did not make them to be able to talk. He made us with a tongue and gave us a mind and put within us the ability to communicate with him. Amen. And Jesus said, look, I put you in this earth to take dominion over it, and the way that you rule it and subjugate it and take dominion over it is speak to it like I did. He said, the problem is, he said, you're talking about everything and saying everything except for what I said, and that's why things are messed up like they are. Then you got several Chinese leaders over there saying, uh, let's go down here and attack the Philippines. You got people in Tehran, let's, let's go destroy Israel. You got people in Hamas. I don't think Israel has a right to, to, to even be in existence. Those are words. I said, they're words. They're words. That's what I was talking about Sunday. When that thing was released, I felt the confusion, I felt the powers of hell. And in our own nation with people screaming, you know, hating America, hating Israel. And I'm sitting there thinking, hey, you go to our malls, you eat at our restaurants, you were raised in our nation, you were born in a good hospital, you drive a good car, and you're taking care, you're in this nation enjoying its benefits, and you don't even have a right to be here talking like that. But that rhetoric is destroying America. Yes, that's right. That's right. It is destroying our nation. Listen to this. In Proverbs chapter 15 from the Amplified Version, it says, A gentle tongue, uh-oh, a gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. God. Whoa, think about that for a minute. A tree of life, I don't think I've even seen that in any other book but Genesis. It produces everlasting results, eternal results, that when you order your conversation according to this eternal word, you get eternal results. That's the reason the devil hates you and me and God's people and he hates Israel because they gave us Jesus. Right. The Jews did. Come on. 
They hate us. It's the powers of hell that are energizing people, screaming all that negativity and death to America, death to Israel. They're hating on everybody there is, but yet they won't love. Don't be hating. Don't be hating. Listen. Listen. A gentle tongue. Everybody said gentle tongue. A gentle tongue. What that thing decide it's going to make some noise? Uh. A tree of life. Listen, listen. But willful contrariness in the tongue breaks down your spirit. Whoa. Did you hear that? I think the King James says it like this. Perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. He's talking about our tongue. It's like we talked about last week with James. He's talking about the tongue being set on fire by the fires of hell. Wow. Set on fire. That's not my amplifier, is it? Being set on fire by the fires of hell. Because it is pure hell in Israel right now. It is pure hell in Gaza right now. And it started with words with people somewhere in a room in cell groups raging and hating on nations. Isn't it amazing how that a nation on the other side of the planet can decide that its front lawn is not big enough? Uh, I want to go attack this other nation. What possesses? You don't get but one answer. A nation to do that. Or people, as far as that goes. What possesses a person to say, I'm going to break in this store and if I have to murder somebody to get the money, I'm going to do it. Happens all the time. And then in prison. I've heard people give testimony in prisons that they say, I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I murdered that person. It was the devil. It was sin. Somebody say it was the devil. It was sin. started with words, but it was the word of the enemy coming into their heart. I want you to get this, okay? A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. It produces eternal results. Amen. It'll go with you into eternity because in on judgment, remember, the, this is scary. God just said every idle word men will give an account for. Whoa. Look at somebody say, I love you. Y'all to go hug them. Say, can I wash your feet? I told you to wear clean socks. <laughs> Did you cut your toenails? Amen. Okay, no, it looked like Nebuchadnezzar's claws. That's a little humor. But your tongue, it can be a tree of life. It can be the fire of hell. And remember we said what happened on the day of Pentecost? There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and a set upon each of them. God baptized their tongue in fire. Listen, <laughs> this is so amazing, the revelation of it. Here's a crowd of people that just crucified Jesus, hating on the disciples. Peter has been hiding out because he denied Jesus. Come on, y'all, don't pay attention to him. Pay attention to that man behind the whatever it is, the curtain. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we'll send him a check later. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Now, listen to what I'm going to tell you because you're talking about revelation right here. Peter's denied, denied Jesus, he's in hiding. Now they're up here in the upper room. They've been praying for 10 days. God comes and baptizes their tongues in fire. With that tongue, he denied Jesus. With their tongue, they were saying, crucify Jesus. But when their tongues got baptized in fire, Peter gets up and preaches to the same crowd words. Come on. That's why it's called the good news. CNN is bad news. Fox is bad news. All the news outlets are bad news. You can get too much of 366. 
Flashpoint. Amen. Don't be a newsaholic. Get this news first. Get this news first. I mean, because I'll start getting irritated. I'll start listening to stuff and say, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, we, we got to get our tongues straight. Peter got up and preached that message. Look at this. Listen, listen. 3,000 people got saved. A few days later, 5,000. Then the Bible said a great number of priests believed on Jesus' name because of words. And just before that, the whole city was in tumult with hatred, spewing out hatred. But because a man got up, and if you read it, he said, men and brethren, he begins to preach to them about Abraham. how that they crucified Jesus. He, he, he lays it out, building block upon building block, and when he gets, gets done, God absolutely wipes out that demonic power right there. Men and brethren, what shall we do? They recognized that they were ignorant and unlearned men, but Peter had something on his tongue that he didn't have when he denied Christ. Listen to me. Listen to me. Men and brethren, what shall we do? They took knowledge that they had been with CNN, Fox Network, <laughs> Downton Thomas. <laughs> I doubt if anything will ever happen. <laughs> See, this is what we want right now. See, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and networks of silver. So, if, man, when I speak, I can paint a picture to people and say, look, man, you could walk that path you're walking in and be miserable and at the end of it end up in hell. Or you can look and say, wait a minute, Jesus died on the cross for me and uh, he put me in this earth to make a difference. <laughs> and I know one thing, I, I don't have to live by anything that's out there or anything. I'm pondering my path, not what I see. I'm not turning to the right. I'm not turning to the left. I'm, I'm focusing upon Je I'm going to live in the word, not in the world. Did you get that? I'm going to live in the Word, not in the world. Okay. Now, uh, I want you to, let me look here. That's what the, the, the Scripture says that we are, in Proverbs 6, 2, we are snared by the words of our mouth. Snared. Somebody say snared snared it means caught by it means um, you bury yourself <laughs> you're snared by the words of your mouth because when you read that scripture one of the things it talks about is that becoming and when you shake somebody's hand get an agreement with them and say look man I'll do this for you if you do this for me what, what quid pro quo whatever that thing is uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. and You know, it's, it's a covenantal thing. God, if you sh God says, if you shake hands with somebody, he said, you better make sure it's for the right stuff and that you can do it and that you stick with it he became, because it will come back and it will bite you. Amen? That's what, I, I think I was, maybe it was Israel I was talking to yesterday. And uh, I talk about people working jobs. Then all of a sudden, they get a new boss. And then, or, or a company hires a new CEO and they come in and begin to change things. And then the people, here's the people. Man, I'm going to quit. I don't like this. Man, I can't eat my popcorn on the job anymore. Come on. You mean to tell me that I've got to go over here? I just, you know, I'd rather go over here and sit down and drink my drink. Not, not on break time. Listen to me. Scripture's already told you how to treat your employer. And told you how to act as an employee. And so then the employees begin to talk, and they 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 talking bad against the boss. Well, we just had bosses day, didn't we? Was that what they were bosses day? <laughs> they talking bad against bad against the boss, and then what they'll do, you know, it's like it, it, they'll quit. My God, he got so quiet. 
Then you end up, don't have a job. And then all of a sudden, what happens in that situation is that we've allowed ourselves to get to talking. Somebody say talking with that tongue and get ourselves in a position where, where we've dishonored God's word and listen to the word of the enemy. Mm. I would tell him, you know, I would wait till. <laughs> but it's important to understand is that uh, what, what Israel was telling me is that Dakota quit Wendy's. And Tyler went down there and got a job. <laughs> and he said, I like my boss. I like her. <laughs> Amen. He said, to ask him on the uh, application, it says, why do you want to work with Wendy's? He said, why do you want to come here? He says, because I like food. <laughs> You're hired. I was like, you are hired. <laughs> and so now Dakota doesn't have a job. <laughs> but, you know, isn't it life? Isn't that the way life works many times? Come on. And see, what happens is it's because we get caught up in that atmosphere of all that stuff. And God says you have the ability with your mouth to change it. Somebody say change it. And so we don't want to get caught or snared by the words of our mouth. Listen to this. Ephesians, and I'm getting ready to close. Ephesians chapter number 6, 17 and 19. I want to touch on this. And take, and take, everybody say, and take the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation. Remember that word. This one is soteria. It's the same thing as soteria. It means take that helmet of being saved that helmet of being delivered, that helmet of health, that helmet of, of deliverance from molestation from your enemies, take that helmet of salvation as your present possession right now and for the future sum of benefits of being redeemed. Listen, he said take that helmet of salvation. Why? Because if, if you don't take the helmet of salvation, that's what you have to do. You have to put that helmet on. And anything that comes into my life that's not out of my salvation and that blessing that God gives me through Jesus Christ, then that helmet of salvation that gets put on by me staying in the Word. Somebody say, get in the Word. In the Word. I got to get in the Word. That's my helmet of salvation. Because when the enemy attacks me with sickness, attacks me with poverty, attacks me from any other direction, no matter what it is in life, the answer is always the same. If I have on the helmet of salvation, I can step up with my redemptive right and speak to that thing and say, I refuse to have that right now in my life. I bind it, I take authority over it, and I will not allow this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You know, if you're in a bad mood, how long it takes to get in a good mood? However long it takes you to change. Amen. If something made you unhappy, you know what, how long it takes you to get happy? The moment you decide you're not going to be unhappy. Amen. And so it's your decision. Say, but I've got that helmet of salvation on, and that helmet of salvation is all, it's full of this right here. He is my salvation. He's my rock. He's my deliverer. He's my healer. He's my more than enough. He's everything that I need. And so when the enemy comes and tries to clothe my mind with anything other than this helmet of salvation, I say, uh-uh. I am not going to have that. Amen? Takes me right back to speaking to the mountain because I cannot allow anything to blur my vision, to blur me or turn me from, from my confession of the Word of God and standing fast on what it says. I have to say what that word says because God only is obligated to honor what he said. Amen? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, but the voice of, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. You know why he said that? He said, because my people know that I'm so good and so, so gracious and so kind and that I love them he said, they're not going to waste their time out here. <laughs> Come on. We do, though. 
Amen. But something down in here, somebody say way down in here, always calling me back to my helmet of salvation. Says, you know, because it's like, you know, the, the, little, you know, the little cartoons where they had the devil on one side and the angel on the other. The devil said, do it, do it. And the angel said, you better not. Don't do it. The devil says, do it. The angel says, don't do it. And so we want to go with God's voice. Amen. I want to go with God's voice. And so listen to what he says, because I'm getting ready to close right here. And he said, put on the helmet of salvation, which is your right thinking, it's your understanding, it's your knowledge, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He's talking about, man, when you get this helmet of salvation on, it's going to come right out here. You wear this thing, you keep it on. Even if you have to get up in the morning and say, I'll put on the helmet of salvation. You know, that was a big deal in the 1980s. People, they were dressing up. I put on the helmet of salvation, Lord. I put on, you know, the gospel of peace. I put on the girdle of truth. I put feet of, of, of uh, 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 the gospel of peace on. And, you know, we suit up with that armor. We wear that armor because it became, but you know what? It was a good thing because it moved from something being mental that people started living that. You don't hear much about that no more. Why? The fad changed. I said the fads changed. Church needs to get away from fads and get in the Word. Get in, now I'm talking, not even facts. I'm talking about the truth out, out, believe me, truth outweighs facts. Facts change. Truth never does. Amen. So what we want to do is put that helmet of salvation on. If you have to do it mentally, if you have to put sticky notes on your mirror in the morning when you get up and go look at yourself and say, Ugh. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going back to bed. That couldn't be me in the mirror. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you cut that out. And so we want to do this because this is what it leads to, and this is where I want to end. Let's stand together. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication and for all saints. Amen. Because right now, God needs us to be soldiers that have the helmet of salvation on. We won't take a bullet to the head from the enemy. Come on. Put on the helmet of salvation so that we will have the right thinking and know how to pray for the nation and how to pray for our nation. And, uh, you know, if, if you've ever done anything in your life, you should be praying for your nation right now. We should be praying for our nation right now. It is a, it is a very hard, cold fact that when you read the Bible, that people who say it'll never happen to us, it can. It can. And so that's why we as God's people need to stand against it and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for revival. We pray, Father God, for Israel. We pray for these things and pray the word of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And Lord, I just thank you that, Jesus, that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you give us peace. And I pray tonight, Father God, for every single person in this house, Lord Jesus, that you uh, would be magnified, glorified in our lives, Lord. Lord, we lift up, Father, the nation before you tonight. We lift up Israel before you tonight. And Father, we we pray the sum for the, the the sum of Psalm 122, Psalm 83, uh, Lord uh, Psalm 35, Psalm 18. We we pray the sum of those psalms, Father God, Lord, that you will remember your people and not turn a deaf ear, and Father, not ignore what's going on, even though we have sinned against you, God, that you're a God of mercy, that you will remember your goodness and your mercy. You'll remember, Lord, your character, your nature. Father, that you remember, Lord, that we are but flesh. And, Father, we call upon you asking for mercy, for forgiveness. And Father God, for cleansing. 
Father, we need leadership in our nation. And Father, Israel needs a move of your spirit. Lord Jesus, that they will come to know you, the Messiah. Father, I ask God for protection upon your people. Work supernaturally like you did in 1948, 1967 in that six-day war. God, I am persuaded that you already have this thing worked out. And Father, I believe that you're going to take those chariot wheels off of their enemies. Father, that you're going to disarm their enemies. And Lord, that you're going to bless your people Israel. Father, in this hour, in this end time hour that we're living in right now, Lord Jesus, be magnified. I pray for those Muslim people that their hearts will be turned toward you, that you would be revealed to them. And, Father, we bind that Islamic extreme spirit, Father God, of death. We bind that spirit. We take authority over it. Lord Jesus, right now through your name, let it be rendered powerless and of non-effect and totally gutted of any authority, Lord. I pray that you will send your mighty angels to restrain these things, God, as only you can. Show your power. Show your power. Show your great love for your people, O oh God. Show them while the world is looking. Get glory for your name, O oh Lord. Now, Father in heaven, we pray and ask you for that tonight. We pray for these families that have lost loved ones, Father God, in our church. Father God, that are affiliated with this house, that you will comfort them. We pray that we will be of a sober mind and heart in this hour, watching, watching in all things, God. Father in heaven, we pray that you will save, heal, and deliver with an outstretched arm. Now, if you're here tonight, if you have a need, whatever that it might be, I want you to come. Let us pray for you. We'll be glad to pray for you. Hello, I'm Pastor David Coleman. I want to give you a personal invitation to come and be with us here at the Harvest Worship Center for this epic event that's coming up. We're going to have Perry Stone for three powerful services. That's on October the 28th and 29th here at the Harvest Worship Center, a Saturday and a Sunday. Saturday evening at 7 o'clock, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., and then Sunday evening at 6 p.m. You do not want to miss these services with Perry Stone here at the Harvest Worship Center, 21-25 Jeb Stewart Highway in Stewart, Virginia. So come on out and be a part of these powerful services.